Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, my worst nightmare came true. What was it, about 11 o'clock last night, give or take? Maybe a little earlier than that. Beckham. Gets tra- You texted me, actually. That's how I found out. You texted me that Beckham gets traded to the Browns for Jabril Peppers, a first and a third. I just don't know what the Giants are doing. I can't. And I, I try my best when trades go down, Adam, to look for a possible way of what. How does this make sense? This makes no sense to me. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday that it was rumored to be possibly happening. And it did right around 8 p.m. Eastern yesterday. And, you know, you're hearing different reports on why. And I think a lot of it was they felt like he was a distraction and too much going on off the field. But I think the biggest problem when you look at this is the plan for the Giants. Like, what is it? You know, if you remember, they had a soundbite from Gettleman when they signed Beckham. We didn't sign him to trade him. And I understand things change, but you stuck with Eli Manning. You signed Beckham. You uh, drafted Barkley. And now all of a sudden, everything is falling apart. You're going in a completely opposite direction. So, it's that's the biggest problem I think if you're a Giants fan is like what is the plan and you know I think most Giants fans are upset I see some that are saying well we didn't win with him this and that but Ugh. a lot of it was not Beckham's fault we all know that I mean clearly Eli Manning was the problem and you know you could say what you want about Beckham and I think a lot of the off the field stuff was kind of blown out of proportion uh, obviously he is an emotional player but uh, I'd be emotional too if Eli Manning was throwing me the football. All I can tell you is the following. I have no problem when a, comp- when a player complains about not getting the football when he's right. Pat Shermer did not get him the football. You go back and watch the Giant games last year and ask yourself how many games did it feel like the Giants gave Beckham the ball enough. I would argue two. The other games, you're like, why aren't they going to him? Why aren't they throwing the ball? A, because the offensive line stinks. B, because Eli Manning stinks. So what is what is Beckham supposed to do? Not complain? He has the right to complain. He's the best receiver in football. If the Giants can't handle the complaining, get better players around him. Or, wait, let's have this, Adam. Let's trade him. Yeah, and you knew you weren't going to get a great return for him. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that they should have got more. Yeah, they did get a first-round pick. They'll have two this year. We'll see if they try and take the two and trade up. But uh, clearly the Giants are headed in a different direction now. And, you know, Beckham, you know, from the couple people that I saw that spoke with him, he was a little stunned by this too. Uh, And he said he needed some time to process it. So uh, Cleveland clearly was high on his list, though I saw another thing that, you know, Cleveland was a team he wanted to be at. But, he and Landry are best friends from college. Right. But I think I think he was initially surprised by it when he was reached, when, when he, was found, he found out. Listen to me. This is a once-in-a-generational talent. 
you can't go find Beckham. You can't find him in the draft. You can't find him in free agency. Guys like Beckham come, like Saquon Barkley, they come around once every 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 lifetime. Seriously, tell me the giant receiver in, the, in, in my lifetime, and I'm pretty old, Ronus. Tell me anyone who matches Beckham. Nobody. How do you just give that up? I haven't seen anything on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if this comes out maybe as a possibility. I don't know if he was really hurt last year, and that might have been a factor where he kind of sat down the stretch. Because if you remember that week, there was nothing, and then all of a sudden he's out. So I wonder if that was an issue at all. Well, could he be dogging it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he could be dogging it. I, that wouldn't shock me. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here and go, ooh, he's shocking me by dogging it. No. But I, I think that, uh, you know, these guys are divas, and, and they tend to do that. I, I really believe I never liked the Shermer hire. I thought it was a bad fit for the Giants. I didn't. I, I thought he was overrated. I think it's was, more Gettleman, don't you? Even oh, Gettleman's the worst. D'Angelo Williams tweeted out yesterday. He's like, I told you, Giants fans. I warned yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Look. Dorsey goes to the Browns and look all the moves they're doing. If you don't, if you're a Brown, I'm, I'm telling you, I've never been closer to being a Browns fan in my life. Well, everyone is. They are the sexy team right now. Yeah, but I liked them before yesterday. Now I like I them I think even everybody more. did, though. Yeah. Everyone liked them last year with Baker Mayfield coming in, and we all knew that the talent was there, and then we just needed to get Hugh Jackson out of it. They did, and you could see how they turned it around. They were a team you did not want to play down the stretch, and We've both said it numerous times. I really feel if they did not start the year with Hugh Jackson, that would have been a playoff team. They were one of the better teams in the AFC down the stretch. They transformed the offense. Baker Mayfield played very well. Uh, he, well, I think it was 17 touchdowns in the second half of the fantastic, season. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, and, and they have a lot of weapons, and uh, they're in phenomenal shape. I mean, but what they have done here with this team. Ask yourself this question, and I do, Ernest. Do you look at the Giants and think that they can fix this in the next five years? I don't think so. I think, honestly, this is unfixable for the next five years. You first have to find a quarterback. You have to find a defense. You have to find another receiver. All you have now is a running back who may be the best. He's like Barry Sanders. He's the best player on the worst team. Yeah, that's what they have going for them right now. Uh, they do have a good tight end who's obviously going to benefit with Beckham not being there. We've seen the numbers whenever Beckham is out. And, and but you have no quarterback in a year. That's the biggest problem. And the key is, are they going to be able to find one? And I would trade a third-round pick for Josh Rosen tomorrow. because, Or I would sign Blake Bortles, like I said. Because Eli's done, dude. I mean, why are, you, why are you giving this guy $17 million? Now, here's my thought. You got rid of Collins. You got rid of Beckham. Just get rid of Eli. Yeah. At least I could rationalize that. Yeah, to me now, it makes no sense to keep him. You're clearly no. stating that you're rebuilding. So why would you keep Eli Manning here another year? For what? And why would even Eli Manning want to go through this when he loses Beckham? Yeah, tank, he... tank for Tua, dude. Tank for Tua. Right. I mean, that's probably, that would be the plan right now. That's what they have to do. That's my plan. Go tank for Tua. Cut Eli. Put Alex Tanney and Kyle Oletta back there. Let's go 0-16 and get me Tua next year. Because that dude can ball. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams who are in need of a quarterback are having the same sentiment. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I would pull a New York Knicks. I wouldn't even come close to winning games. I, if I thought it was too close in the third quarter, I'd start benching guys. So maybe that's why they want Eli there. Maybe that's part yeah. of the plan. There you go, Doc. We're figuring let's just this out. Let's just kill him. Right? We get him killed at some point. In the game. But Eli, I think, is just stupid enough to try to win. <laughs> yeah, he don't care because he's probably not going to be there the next year. He's right. like, you know what? Let me, <laughs> I'll let go me... four and f I'll go four and twelve. So yeah, I'll the, screw you. And then maybe the Dolphins sign me. Right. 
Oh, man, you, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm tanking for Tua as well. Yeah, that's another team, too. So yeah, You don't even have Tyrod Taylor to put in there. You might as well just go with Tannehill and suck. But I'm telling you, the Giants are all over the place. And to make things worse, I'm watching TV, and in comes Adam Schefter at, like, 1 in the morning saying that the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell. I mean, this has to be every Giants fan's worst nightmare because oh, not only man. is your team losing its best player, the Jets get a superstar. Yeah, I tweeted that out, too. I'm like, what a day in New York. Giants trade back over the Jets sign Le'Veon Bell. So we knew that was probably going to happen. There weren't really too many suitors for him. And uh, I wasn't surprised when that news broke last night. But I think that's the biggest problem that Giants fans have to have. It's not even trading Beckham. I mean, obviously, that's a big problem. It's what is the plan? Because, it, like you said, it's all over the place. They went from looking like they were pushing last year – to try and contend, to now it's like, what is going on here? And I want to hear the Giants' comment, and I don't know if they'll say it publicly, but what happened that they really soured on Beckham? Was it the off-the-field distractions? Was it you know, being a problem every day around the team? Like, What was it that they changed their mind? Because if you remember, they kept playing that soundbite yesterday from Gettleman. We did not sign Odell Beckham to trade him. And then what happens? They traded him. What is, is, do the Giants play in MetLife Stadium? Yes, they do. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet something out because I thought it was cute. All right, I think here we go. Tank for Tua, right there. Overheard in MetLife Stadium. New slogan is Tank for Tua, Ronas. I, you know, you sit there. You don't have Beckham. You lose Beckham. And Bell signs. And now the Jets get the headlines. The Jets get the headlines. And the Giants' headlines are bad. And what the Giants have always been known for, Ronas, is staying out of the headlines. The Giants are good at staying out of the headlines. Yeah, they usually do a pretty good job, much to the dismay of myself as a Cowboys fan. You know, they've always found a way to do things the right way and, and find these values. And really, you don't see much negative with them. But it hasn't been that way uh, the last couple of years, and especially since Gettleman has taken over as GM. It's been a lot of negative headlines. It's usually associated with the Jets. And, you know, the Jets, you know, they didn't get Anthony Barr, but uh, they still made some other moves in getting Le'Veon Bell uh was, now, do you uh, think do you think that, that precipitated losing Bar precipitated them doing Bell, or do you think no? They I think that I think they were going to do it anyway. I mean, I don't think there was a. It didn't seem like there were many teams that were willing to pay him. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. The Jets had a lot of room under the cap. They they could use that star name here in New York. So I, for them, to me, I could see it. It makes sense. Uh, and they also here's the other thing too, is they have you know, a rookie quarterback where you don't have to pay him. And that's, that's right. a big, big. that's for, huge yeah, for, yeah. for being spending money. I mean, if you are paying a quarterback a lot of money, it's really hard to go out and get those superstar players. And, you know, with a Sam Donald on a rookie deal, uh, they were able to do it. But they get the five years, right? So don't you think that you in some ways have a two year window, almost like year four and year five, those are the winning years because that's when you get the quarterback. He's got some experience you can build around him, and he's still cheap enough that you can afford other players. Because once he passes that year, you got to pony up uh, 15, 16 mil. Yeah, and you're seeing that a little bit with Seattle, with Russell Wilson. You know, right. you saw the window there where they won a Super Bowl, they were there, and now you start, yeah, I got to pay a lot of your defensive players, they're out. Right. Uh, so th that is key. I mean, th and that's why getting that young quarterback that you don't have to pay for the first four or five years is really integral. It well, that's allows you to pay up for yeah. a superstar. That's why that first round pick is so important, right? Because you get that guy for that fifth year. So I would think that the Giants plan, if, if it were me, you know, if, if they fired Gettleman, please, for the love of God, fire that bum and gave me the job. <laughs> um, 
I would take Drew Locke or Jones from Duke at the 17th pick. You don't? Do you think they're going to trade up? Like trying, no, 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 absolutely. Uh, well, not. I know he do, Gettleman never does. Never, never does. trades down. And he's not taking Haskins. Trust me, he's not taking Haskins. Not taking Haskins. Because you can get an impact defensive player at six, and you need. I mean, that defense right now. If we played in, if we played fantasy football tomorrow, wouldn't you pick every team against a Giants defense? Uh, yeah, I think you would. <laughs> you would. So I mean, you need to you need to get some defense. So I think I've got to take Montez Sweat. Or I got to take Bush, or I got to take you know Williams at six, and then at seventeen I take Drew Locke or Jones if one of them is there. Okay, uh, so from like, the Giants fans you've spoken to, what's generally been the feedback? Nausea, like, nausea. Yeah. I think the Giants fans who who are like it are just trying to rationalize, and they are the people that support the team no matter what. Who likes it? I want it. Please, if you like this nope. deal, there call were, in. I want to hear from you. There are a couple people that who? Me like that. Oh, they never won a playoff game with Beckham. They yes. had a losing record with him. So there one guy, one guy told me that I was wrong on Twitter yesterday. One out of like a uh, hundred people, ninety nine were like, "Doctor Rodi, you're hundred percent right." One disagreed, and I wrote back to him one word: seriously. I mean, you can't ever trade. It's like the Lakers saying, "You know what? We kind of suck with LeBron, so let's trade him." Would you do that? No, of course not. I mean, right. I think so it's how do you do it as me the job? No, I don't think it's different. Yeah, it is. You can't find Beckham. He's impossible to find. Is he a pain in the butt? Absolutely. Is he a diva? Absolutely. Is he a locker room pain in the butt? You bet. It. You better believe it. Is he the number one receiver in football? Yes. Do you pair him with the number one running back in football? Yes. This guy, I think Barkley is the number one running back in football. You can't find that. No, he is very difficult to find. He's a game breaker uh, for sure. Uh, he's had some health issues over the last two years, but still, he's a dynamic player. And you know, who knows what type of numbers he would have put up with a better quarterback? I mean, now, we know ask Eli yourself has been this a question: the last two years, do you remember how many drops uh, Antonio Callaway had this year? Yeah, Beckham is not dropping one of those passes, not one. Uh, he does have some drops. No, but Callaway was open all year long, and he couldn't catch the ball. Oh, I yeah, mean, he was guy, open consistently. Consistently. But, no, look, it's it's a great pickup for the Browns. I mean, oh. they, were, they were already a good offense, and, like, you add him to that offense now, it's just unbelievable. Uh, they just have talent across the board. Uh, we saw their ascension last year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, a uh, full year of experience, and now you add Beckham to that offense. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, we'll see when he returns. Uh, Chubb, it's just so good across the board. It's going to be a fun team to watch. And I think everyone, we saw their odds go up tremendously for reaching yeah. the Super Bowl yesterday. I wish I, wish I had the, that ticket in the, in the, earlier in the day because by the end of the day, that's worth nothing. I did see, though, there was one site, Points Bet in New Jersey, that did not change it. They said oh. we're going to keep it the same. I think it was plus three thousand for them to reach the Super Bowl. They said they, they must didn't be want to dying for money. It. They must be no, dying for they, money. No, they well they did. They did um, the Saint. Remember the Saints controversial call? They gave people money back. So I think a lot of it is uh, PR. Obviously, they're trying to get people over there and they're trying to do something different too. So Tyler Boris says that the Giants should wait a year and lose for Lawrence instead. Taylor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback. Uh, I mean, you can't. That guy really... looks pretty good, right? He does, but I mean, two it does too. So. Hey, if you get one of them, right? <laughs> I think that's what you want. <laughs> I would take anybody. Well, yeah, the Giants will never tank. Even with the worst team in the NFL, they always fight hard to win. That's true. See, that's the Giants' problem. 
The Giants don't even know how to tank right. See, I think the Dolphins will know how to tank right, Ronas. Well, you know, again, if he lies your quarterback, uh, he can try and succeed and will still wind up taking. I mean, they sucked last year, so you take Beckham away and some of the defensive pieces you lost, it's not hard to see the Giants being a bad team this year. I don't know. It's just... I never get this fired up because I'm just, you know, I'm a fantasy guy, but this is just such a bad trade. And I think this was just precipitated by a coach who couldn't handle this player. Couldn't handle him. I wonder if it is the coach or the GM. They couldn't I'm, handle this guy. I wanna, I'm interested to see. You know, there'll, there'll be more stuff that comes out. I did see someone who was with the Giants and in the process helped draft back him. He just said that uh, the Giants just got tired of him, that even yep. on his best days, he was a distraction. And I'm telling you, going to Cleveland, you watch. Going with his boy Landry, it'll be fine because they're just happy to be playing together. At least initially. That's how it always works out. Guys are on their best behavior for the first year. Right. <laughs> and then it goes down. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, it's time to win money in PGA DFS with our friend Jeff Bergerson from Fantasy Golf Insider. We'll be talking fantasy golf right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew calls Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called The IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Rain dance! Make it rain. There is plenty of opportunity for the Giants to turn this trade into a positive. What they need is a quarterback, and Dave Gettleman has the assets to go get one this year. And you know what? If they suck, he's going to get them a couple of chances next year as well. Giant fans, put a little faith in Dave Gettleman and realize that he can do some damage this draft, including going out getting the future quarterback of the New York Giants. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back for Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here with you. And, of course, this is my favorite segment of the week with my man, Jeff Bergeson, Fantasy Golf Insider. What's up, Jeff? It's a big week, Doc. Pretty exciting. It is. I don't know, I don't know if you knew this, but on Saturday, I was in third place on DK at one point, and then I finished the night on Saturday after round three. I was seventh overall on FanDuel and 20th overall on DK before Keegan Bradley decided to wet the bed on Sunday. 
sometimes it's just a couple of missed putts or, or one guy that can take you from possibly winning a huge payday to, you know, bumping you out of contention. But it's good that, to hear that you are up there. All you need to do is just keep giving yourself chances, you know, putting yourself in position. I felt, you know, it's funny you said that because I felt the same way because after Friday, I was in the 5,000th 5, 5, place, but I looked at my team. I was like, you know what? I, if I could get, I could make a run because not everybody had six guys make the cut, but it's, you're right. right. You just got to be in there every day, every week, and just keep uh, grinding out and good things happen. Yeah, like a, a few weeks ago, I was sitting in third place and, and first was, I think that was the 150,000 week. And if a couple of guys make like three different putts in, in big situations. I can, I can go to winning it as opposed to dropping back to like 10th place. And it's like a $140,000 difference. Yeah. It's called your college, your kid's college education hanging in the balance right there. Just, just evaporated. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you got to keep working. Jeff gets the tax returns. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the players. Let's start at the top. Dustin, Thomas, Rory, I'm thinking of fading at least two of the three of these guys, Jeff. Talk me out of it. No, I think you can definitely do that because there's so many good options and, and high-quality players. We have the, the best field we'll see all year, um, even including the majors just overall. So I think there's plenty of guys that you can go and avoid these top guys. Uh, my favorite up here is Rory. It has been all year, and he's just been amazing. So there, I, I don't really see a reason – not to roster him. He's playing extremely well. Now, TPPC Sawgrass is not a real bomber's course, and Rory gains a lot of strokes on the field with his driver. He's just that good with it. They're going to be clubbing down quite a bit. Driver won't put him ahead of uh, as, as much of the field as it generally does, so that would be the only negative that I could say about Rory this week. All right, let me get to a couple of guys in that next tier here. Tiger Woods. Um, I mean, when you talk about clubbing down, this guy has been clubbing down and been doing a great job. Is he in a good spot here this week, or do you worry about with all the outside things going on, the injuries that he's uh, at risk this week? I worry a little bit about the injuries. They don't have to disclose you know, exactly what's going on, and we had that issue with Jason Day last week with his back. So it's always a concern, but if it, not, you know, excluding that, Tiger sets up great for this course. His approach game is lights out. He's a good scrambler. These are small greens that we're going to see this week. When you put an iron in his hand, he's very, very accurate. So I think it sets up well for him. It's just a matter of, is he completely healthy, and, and do we know? All right, Justin Rose was awful last weekend at certain points, and at here he shot an 80 at one point. Can we go back to him? Will he be slightly under-owned? I'm toying with the idea, Doc. Um, I, he, has, he wasn't in my core, but as I listen to the industry throughout the week, literally nobody's on this guy. He's a top, absolutely top player in the world. He hasn't had tremendous success here in the past, but it hasn't been bad. So are we saying that you know he could be like 7 8% owned possibly in some GPPs? Are we saying that he can't do well? I think that's crazy. So if you want some exposure to him, I'm not against it, and I might actually end up doing that later tonight because to be overweight, you'd have to own him at like 12 13 14%, which is not that big of an investment. All right, Brooks Kepka didn't play particularly well last week, didn't make the cut, but something tells me I like Brooks this week. Do you? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I'm rarely on Brooks just because you don't you can't tell what you're going to get from him, if he's going to be motivated or not. We kind of I say that every week, but it's true. You know, the week before he was runner up last week, he just misses the cut in an easy cut event. 
So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not on Brooks personally this week. I'm going with other options in that range, even though he is going to be lightly owned. That's one of the reasons why I'm on him, Jeff. I'm telling you. Last sure. week, my, the team that made me money was uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick and Barnrat because I just pivoted to two guys who I thought were good fits on the course, but they were lower owned, and that made me contrarian. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you got to do. All right, let's talk about Jason Day, who killed most people, including myself, last week. Thank you to FanDuel for offering a uh, Jason Day uh, free entry thing this week. Can we trust Jason Day on this weekend? Um, I'm mixed on it. I mean, we've seen pictures of him with his family at Disney World, and he was basically laid up and couldn't continue playing uh, golf like a few days before that. Jason Day is a tough guy to predict. You just don't know. Um, and again, with no disclosure of injuries or what these guys are going through, you don't know exactly. I have a hard time going with a guy who we don't know if he's going to be able to continue past six holes or, you know, or what. I just, and I don't really see a reason to go on him with all these different options around him. Why take the risk and, and blow up your teams on Thursday? All right, Sergio Garcia has just been playing lights out this year. I think he's in a real good spot. Agree? Agree. Yeah, and he's and he's like a prototypical TPC Sawgrass type player, and we've seen that from his past year. He's been very good. Never misses the cut here, and he's been really exceptional this year, with the exception of his meltdown when he got disqualified. Otherwise, he's been a top ten machine and and very good for ninety one hundred. That's a great discount to a lot of these other guys, so I do like Serge a lot. Our Jordan Spieth has just been really mediocre at best right now, but he has flashed here, but he's also been cut three times. Can we just safely stay away from him? Yeah, I, I've been off him for, it's probably been a year now, uh, mostly because his price is inaccurate. He should not be 8900 in this field. There's at least 10 guys that I like a whole lot better than him that are less they, they build their algorithm around Vegas odds. He's a popular guy, so people like to bet on him who don't know anything about golf. So that And they obviously can't manually change prices. I don't know why they couldn't, but they don't. He should be 7900 or even maybe less and make him kind of intriguing for people. But at 8900 I don't see it this week. All right, Tommy Fleetwood has actually had a pretty good season. Uh, looked good last week. He had that one bad round on Saturday, but outside of that, he looked pretty sharp. Can we go back to him here? I like him. Yeah, and he it's a good. He fits good in like a balanced uh, lineup composition this week. You can have guys like Sergio and Fleetwood and Cantlay right below him. Three or four really elite players who have a chance at winning, but for sure have a good shot at top 15s. So let's talk about that for a second, Jeff. And we're talking to Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com, one of my favorite sites out there for PGA DFS. And when I'm with this soft pricing, because this bothers me so much, they do this all the time on DraftKings and the majors. The pricing is so soft. You, I could put together Sergio with Fleetwood, with, uh, with uh, Webb, and like five guys I like. How do you differentiate your lineups? It's hard to, um, I, and uh, I think you just got to find, like you said last week, you picked out a couple of guys who you mixed in. You might not have been a very contrarian elsewhere, but a 5% owned or less Fitzpatrick and Affy Barnrat is going to get you to where you need to be as far as contrarian-wise goes. So build your core and then mix in a few contrarian plays. We already talked about um, Justin Rose. That's not a bad contrarian play when you're going with the number one or number two rated player in the world. 
Um, that's a good way to make it contrarian. John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau. You know, they don't have good history here, haven't been playing the best, but that doesn't mean they, they can't show up all of a sudden. And if you get them at 6 or 7%, that's going to be very contrarian. What about guys, I'm just going to give you some names. Is Henrik Stenson contrarian? Is Alex Noren, another Swede who's been terrible contrarian? Or are these guys just bad? What's, when is it contrarian and when is it bad? Right. Um, I don't even think Henrik will be that contrarian this week because he has such a great tournament history here. Although he's been pretty awful. He looked all right last week. But I don't think he'll be contrarian. Noren will be very contrarian. But he might just be bad right now. So... I don't own any Norin, um, but, yeah, he, he'll be under 5% owned. All right, so give me some other contrarian plays that you might like in the 7,000 range. Well, uh, like Cameron Smith. Um, he's missed the cut here twice in the last two years, but he's a different player this year. He's much better. Uh, he missed the cut last time out, but he's been very good before then. He'll be owned by, like, 5% in the field, so a 10% investment's going to put you – you know, two times the field average. That's not a bad play. That's kind of how I pick my contrarian guys, is guys who are very capable, and they might miss the cut, but when they jump up, you're lapping the field with them. So I, I like his potential. Um, Billy Horschel at 7,400, I think, is a reasonable contrarian play. He shouldn't be heavily owned. You could even go with, like, a Ty Hatton at 7,300, who is a top player in the world. No one will be on him. Uh, hasn't had, you know, he's only played here twice, hasn't had a ton of success. But if you're looking to set yourself apart, he's not a bad option either. All right. I want to get to RCB, Cabrera Bello. I, I laid off him last week, Jeff, because I thought he was the chalk donkey, right? He was right there. It was almost like a free spot. And when you get that free spot, it makes me nervous. He's at 7,400 again, and he's just coming off a really good uh, tournament, and he's played well here the last two years. Is that just an example of good chalk? Yeah, and that's what we talked about last week. I, I Some guys, they're just so mispriced that they present way too much value, and last week was one of them for me. So I just loaded up on him, decided to go contrarian elsewhere in the lineups that I owned him. But you know what? He didn't even turn out to be extremely high-owned. Um, he was heavily owned, but it wasn't crazy. So I just think this week, yeah, he, he'll be popular again. Probably not as much as last week because there's more better options around him this week. He'll still be popular, but he's some chalk that I'm going to eat this week. All right, I'm going to give you a guy. Talk, talk me out of it. Emiliano Grillo. Yeah, he's very up and down, and his, uh, his irons haven't been all that good this year. Typically, I would say that his game fits TPC Sawgrass pretty well, and he's performed well here the last two times here. He wouldn't be a bad play to just mix in um, as a peripheral play uh, with your core. I wouldn't have him as a core play. I wouldn't own him by like 20% or anything. But if you want to take a shot with 10%, uh, he is not in my core, I will say. Uh, just I haven't liked what I've seen at all this year. So uh, I'm out on him. All right, let's drop down into the 6,000s, Jeff. There's got to be some bargains here. Can I go Stars and Scrubs this week? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think that might put you contrarian because I think a lot of people are going to go with a more balanced approach. So if you want to load up on a couple, couple of the top guys, <clears throat> now I will say I don't love a whole lot below 6,700. And I would actually play it like you play the Masters and cut off you know, everyone below a certain point, and 6,700 is kind of that point for me this week. I might own some Sung Kang down at 6K, but that's really about it. Uh, the high 6K range, though, is pretty good. You got Kokrak, uh, who's a decent option. 
Keith Mitchell, uh, Ben Ann at 6,800, Sung J M at 6,800. I think all of those guys are good players. There's good options that you can mix into your core. I'll give you two players who are way, way, way down there. One is Trey Mullinax, who seems to be super cheap. And Troy Merritt was injured, but he's due back this week. Do you like either of those guys? I don't. And uh, what's funny is uh, Troy Merritt's family come into my office. Um, so I, I know I know his family pretty well. And uh, he's coming off of a bad rib injury, rib surgery. Um, I wasn't even sure that he was going to play this week. So I'm probably going to wait and see on him. Um, and the other guy you mentioned was who? Um, was oh, Mullinax. Uh, Trey Mullinax, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a very tough course. There's tons of trouble, so I worry about younger guys who don't have a ton of experience here. So that's why I would say I'm not in on Mullinex. What about Johnny Vegas, who has the best name in ever, ever, by the way? Great name. I just never roster him. Uh, I just don't have much interest on this course for him. He's a little more inaccurate, um, so he gets away with stuff on other courses that he won't get away with here. All right, so give me some names of people that maybe I don't know that I should know right now. Oh, in the in the six K range, you're just wherever, anywhere. anywhere, anywhere, six, seven, eight. Give me some names that are probably that you know that that other people out there don't. Um. Oh boy. Well, I mean, people know the name Chris Kirk, um, and and but he won't be owned this week. No one's going to own him, so I'd be willing to take a shot with him. Um, let's see who else. I mean, Lucas Beergard at 6,500 is a guy that most people probably haven't heard of, but he's had a great year on the European tour and looked good last time out. So you could take a shot with him. Probably not. Don't do too much though. Just, you know, if you want to nibble, um, that'd be fine. Don't, don't overexpose a lot of your rosters to these guys because they are very volatile. All right. Give me some guy at the top. Who's probably going to win. Give me a, guy, a couple of guys who can win this week. Um, I like Ricky's chances, um, and I'll go with uh, Hideki Matsuyama as well. Both of those guys, I think, have reasonable chances because they are locked in with their irons. Hideki putted atrociously last week. We got the kind of late word that he pulled out of the program with some sort of illness. So I ended up pivoting off of him. I sent out. I always send out an email to our subscribers on Wednesday night, letting them know about injuries and illnesses, and I was worried about that one. So I pivoted off, but... He still played okay. It was just his putting that was so atrocious. So I think if he can rein that in and putt equal to the field this week, his, his you know, tee to green game is, is amazing. So, All right. Every week you seem to come up with a guy. Every week, whether it's Luke List or whoever it is, who's your guy this week that's a little under the radar? Well, you know, I, I, we've talked about him before, not today, but um, Lucas Glover. He's been incredible this year, and he hasn't been highly owned hardly ever. He had one bad round in Phoenix, uh, but outside of that, he's been incredible. His price is only 7100 this week. His tee to green game is always good. It's usually his putting that's terrible, but that's even been pretty good lately. So, you know, for someone who's not being uh, owned very highly week after week, and he's putting up great results, so I, I like him. Why do you think some people are just bad putters? Like, my daughter's a terrible putter, Jeff. Is she? Terrible. On all forms of grass? Is it all, all forms. Bermuda or what? Terrible, terrible. <laughs> but you know what? She hits, her, she hits her drives well, hits her irons well. Not a good putter. My son, good putter. 
Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have an answer for that because some, some guys thrive on certain types of grasses and they just can't function on other types just to be an altogether bad putter on all service, surfaces. I don't know. I just don't. I don't drive for show and putt for dough. That's what I learned when I was a kid. That's right. It sounds like she's the Hideki Matsuyama of your household. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Maybe she could support <laughs> me like Hideki supports his family. I'm sure of it. All right, That's my right. friend. He, made up, all right. <laughs> yeah, he did. Exactly. All right. Good luck this week. Okay. You too, Doc. All right. Talk soon. That's Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. Check that site out. It is fantastic if you want to win a PGA DFS. And I can tell you this. When you're making your lineups, I highly recommend being slightly contrarian. What does being contrarian mean? mean it means finding guys who are not highly owned you can't give me guys who are all you know 20 percent owned you won't win money that way you've got to find a couple of guys who are just a little outside the box you don't have to be outside the box with all the guys on your roster but out of your six players you got to find two two guys maybe even three who are under 10 percent owned and then you have you can be my rich friend because at the end of the day that's what we're all aspiring to be right my rich friend all right we're going to take a time out we come back more Fantasy football talk. There's free agency going on. Lev Bell to the Jets. The Ravens were active today. Very active. They signed a running back. Who do they sign? We'll let you know. We're Scout Fantasy Sports, and we'll be back right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies, to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number 1. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. To think that Gettleman or Mara family woke up today and was like, you know what? Let's trade Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns. This has been in the works for over a year. He just pulled the trigger because he realized, I ain't going to win with Odell Beckham. And the last thing I'm going to do is bring in a rookie quarterback with a disgruntled wide receiver. The narrative of this can flip in a month. If they go out and get Haskins, go up get Murray, or go and get Josh Rosen. Yeah. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. Scout Fantasy Sports here. Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronas. And we're breaking down NFL free agency, Ronas. Oh, there's a new one here. Tyrell Williams going to the Raiders. 
Yeah, Tyrell Williams. I, I like him. Uh, you know, last year with the Chargers, obviously a lot of mouths to feed there, but we saw flashes of him. Uh, obviously, Antonio Brown is going to be the main guy there and get the bulk of the targets. So uh, he's okay for fantasy, not great, because I just don't see enough volume there. But I think this really helps Mike Williams for the Chargers. This dude should really ball this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we thought last year would happen, and we did see flashes, including that three-touchdown game. I think that was in the, was in the semifinals. The fantasy playoffs, yeah. yeah. It was either the first or the yeah. second. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so it certainly will help him, and he's a big red zone threat. And uh, I think, you know, obviously he was very – Sought after last year in the high stakes leagues, and there were weeks of frustration, but that playoff performance is the reason why uh, we were so high on him. Do you remember I had him on one team and benched him on another runners? I know. I remember yeah. we talked about it that week, and yeah, I had I had him active in my 14 team league. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, at that point, he was very inconsistent, very up and down. It wasn't the easiest decision. It is always easy to say, oh, in hindsight, yeah, you should have played him, but. You know, there was some volatility with him there from week to week, and the volume wasn't always there. I just liked the matchup against the Chiefs that week. And, yeah, that was week uh, 15 where he had yep. the two receiving and a rushing touchdown. And then what did he do week 16? Zip off. had him. seven yards. Yeah, he really killed me. He really killed me. All right. The do you know how many touchdowns he had offhand? Nine. Ten, man. Yeah, right. Ten, on yeah. forty-three catches. I know. That's the amazing thing. On forty-three catches. If this guy gets eighty catches, like he should, maybe he'd have twenty touchdowns. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you know, but yeah, he's a guy that you know Rivers should be looking for a little bit more for the upcoming season. All right, the running. It's so amazing. Earl Thomas comes off an injury, and this guy gets four years, fifty-five mil. But Mark Ingram, who's going to put his life in his hands running the football, gets three years, $15 million. What has happened to paying running backs? They're easy. They're replaceable. I mean, you just saw it last year. You bring in Damian Williams, look what he did. And I think teams are aware of it. You don't need to pay for running backs. And that's why you see so few running backs go in the first round unless they're big talents like Zeke, like Barkley. Otherwise, why pay for a running back? You could just – it's really about the offensive line and the system and – they're easily replaceable, and it's unfortunate. It's not right because, uh, you know, they deserve to be paid. They're putting their body on the line, but it's a position that's easily uh, replaceable. That's the problem. Now, we forgot a name yesterday for the Ravens, Gus Williams. Gus was pretty darn good last year, but I've got to think Mark Ingram comes there, and he's going to get the football. You mean Gus Edwards? I'm sorry, Gus Edwards. Right, Gus Williams is a good basketball player for the Sonics. Yeah, look, this is a good spot for Ingram. I think we kind of knew this was going to happen once Bell went to the Jets. Uh, you put Ingram uh, in Baltimore. He can catch the football. Yeah, you do have Edwards there and Kenneth Dixon. but the do you, Ravens, I mean, Edwards was pretty good. Didn't he have a, a re, like four weeks in a row where he was over 100 yards? I mean, do you think he has no value now? Yeah, I don't think he does. I mean, Mark Ingram's a better player, and uh, Edwards couldn't catch the football, and Kenneth Dixon can, and Mark Ingram can. So I don't really see where Edwards fits in. And if they thought that highly of him, why go out and get Ingram? So this is a really good spot for Ingram. We saw what the Ravens did. They just transformed into a heavy running team, obviously with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, and the threat of him running helps the running back. And Ingram has uh, produced obviously in a very prolific offense there with the Saints, but he's going to get the volume. This is a really good spot for Ingram. Is he a third down running back in fantasy? I mean, third round running back? I think he's uh, I think he's a low, low RB1, high RB2. So, yeah, that would probably put him in that range, right? Third, fourth round? Because you, they lost John Brown, 
Right. They're going to run a ton. Yeah, we saw And when they throw, year. they're going to throw to Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, this they're going to basically employ what they did last year. Now, they do have some things to do on the defensive side, and they started with Earl Thomas uh, because that's the type of team they want to be. Is uh, And we saw they had success. They made a run, and they got to the playoffs. Obviously, they're going to need Lamar Jackson to improve uh, and become a little bit more accurate throwing the football, but uh, they're going to be the antithesis of some teams and just run the ball very heavily, and Ingram is a good guy to bring in to do that. There's nobody beating the Browns in that division. The Bengals are not beating the Browns. The Steelers are not beating the Browns. The Ravens are not beating the Browns. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, I think that's they're going to be heavy favorites. I think the team that is probably closest to them is Pittsburgh. You know, they obviously, you know, they didn't have Bell last year. They should have made the playoffs. I mean, talent-wise, uh, they just kind of self-destructed down the stretch, and that's what they've been doing all these years. They always play down to the competition. It's unbelievable how they just don't show up for some of these games against inferior teams. I think I think they lost to the Raiders last year down the stretch, right? That was the big yeah, loss for them. Terrible, terrible. Once they lost that, I'm like, they're in trouble because they had to play like the Saints, and they had a tough schedule down the stretch. So. I mean, they played well against the Saints. I mean, I used Ben in that uh, big game, but you, know, you can't lose to the Raiders and then expect to beat the Saints and make the playoffs. It just doesn't right. work that way. And they had that window of hope, too, because a lot of the other teams cooperated. That's been their biggest problem over the years. It's They always have those games against inferior opponents where they just do not play well, and oftentimes they wind up losing. I don't know if you read the recent article that Adam Gase said that Le'Veon Bell would only get 10, 10 to 15 touches per game. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> There's no way. If anybody could butcher it, it's Adam Gase, dude. He did not really say that, did he? No, no, I made that you're, up. I know you're making yeah. that up because of his yeah. past. You, can't, uh, yeah. you don't pay a running back that much money. Adam Gase can find a way to screw this up. You know that. This guy's the worst coach in the NFL. Well, he is. Yeah, I'm surprised the Jets went out and got him. Yeah. I mean, dude, that was, some of the, that was the craziest eyeballs I've ever seen in any press conference in my life. Guy looked possessed. Yeah, that was funny with the tacos and everything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, his – see, that's the thing that troubles me about Bell here. Why would you go to a coach where you know this guy has never really ran one guy the right way ever? You know the answer, Doc. I don't need to tell you. Um, shoes? Endorsements? Money. Oh, money, money. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was like the highest offer, so – it That's says here he that it. the 49ers were poning up some money. That they offered fewer years but more money. Uh, what Guaranteed, though? That's the yeah. big part of it is the guaranteed money. I know. I mean, the Jets made the most sense from the beginning because they had the money, right? And so, the, look, I give the Jets credit. I hate Adam Gase like poison. I will never root for the Jets because of him. I hate him. But I do think that they spent their money wisely. Crowder is a very good addition. He can return punts, and he's a good slot guy. Bell gives you an offense. He uh, gives you a running back. Mosley's a good player. I think the Jets are better today than they were last week. Yeah, for sure. And, and they have that rookie quarterback, so that helps. It allows them to spend on a running back. There are a lot of teams that just can't do it because uh, they're paying their quarterback and. It hinders uh, some of the things you can do and the flexibility. And the Jets were able to go out and pay Le'Veon Bell. Do you think you'd be able to, I mean, I guess now that we're talking about it and really thinking about it, you've got a five-year window because then you've got to pay your quarterbacks. But once you start paying your quarterbacks, you can't pay the rest of your team. Then you can't pay the rest of your team. You can't win again. So isn't this just a vicious cycle? It is, unless you're New England. So how are they able to do it? Is they Brady just go. willing to 
they let, they let guys go. go. Yeah, I mean, Cooks, you know, uh, we got to pay him. All right, fine, we'll trade him. So they just... They so you have to trust your front office to find guys to replace those guys. Yes. And you have to draft well. And you have to have good coaching to keep the guys around and coach them up and have them play well. Yeah, a good GM, good coach, obviously a system in place. Obviously, it's helped that they've had Brady and Belichick, but that, there's been a lot of pieces that have changed. And, you know, they... You know, we, we talk about Beckham. I mean, they, they haven't had a star wide receiver. I mean, they had Moss there for a bit, but they don't have a, a star receiver that they pay. Even running backs. They But you're but you're right, they do cut guys when but when before they get expensive. They cut them. Right. Yeah. They let them go, they trade them, they do what they can. So they really it's it's amazing what they have done, and I just think it's gonna be really difficult to see. But don't they also people. seem to have like three quarter three running backs, five receivers? They always seem to play from depth. Yeah, they don't have. They never really have a star. They've actually done a poor job of drafting wide receivers. A lot of the receivers they draft never pan out. That's right. been one of the problems for them. They find a way. <laughs> they get Edelman in there, and uh, they just figure it out. Well, they got Josh Gordon for nothing, right? And he helped for a little bit, and then obviously was not there down the stretch. Pat didn't Patterson sign on some team recently? Bears. <sighs> that makes no sense to me. Unless you're just bringing him for kid, why do you need now? Wait, do you get Patterson so this way you don't have to play Tariq Cohen as a punt returner anymore? Uh, it's possible. I mean, we've seen. I thought the Patriots used Patterson best. Uh, we'll see if the Bears can figure that out. He was actually pretty good when he was in there as a running back for a little bit. He was. Do you think he could be like? I think they might use him as a runner. Nagy's pretty uh, clever like that. Yeah, I think they'll kind of try him in different formations and. Uh, use them, utilize them in different ways. Well, I mean, Josh Bellamy's gone, right? So you add Patterson to replace. That's not bad. Yeah, and a lot's going to depend on the development of Trubisky for the Bears. Do you like Trubisky? If he was your team's quarterback, would you be happy about that? Uh, not thrilled. I mean, there's flashes, but I, I have some concerns with him. I don't, I don't know how accurate he is. He's not. That's the problem. I think he's athletic, but I don't think he's accurate. No, he he's not, and you know they they had a decent amount of weapons there too in that offense. I would say they had some of the most weapons in the entire NFL. Most, uh, I don't know about that, but they had you know Robinson, they had Allen Robinson, Burton. they had Gabriel, Burton, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. It was a pretty stacked team. Yeah, and the defense so uh, obviously was very good. They shouldn't have lost that playoff game though. Who did they lose to? I can't even remember anymore. Oh, oh, yeah, that was They terrible. missed the field goal. That was terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, but I think a team like that, how long do you think their window is to be successful? Uh, a Three years? years. Yeah. When Trubisky's going to be uh, get a big contract, and then you have to pay that guy uh, $82 million? Yeah, that's, that's always the issue. And Dallas is going to be facing that, too, okay. if they have to decide what to do with uh, Dak. How, how, what year is Dak in? Uh, what is this? I think he's got to get paid by the end of next year. And this year or next year? At the end of 2019. Ooh, so one more year with Dak. Yeah. And then, you know, it's always tough because, you know, you figure out, okay, is this guy good enough? Uh, you know, who's the other options? Do you pay him? And it's tough. Last year was Trubisky's second year, right? So you, you have three more years of Trubisky. Yeah. Right. So you have a three-year window with the Bears to get this done. I guess that's how I'm going to start looking at it right now. I, I think that's, a, that's the right, right way to approach thinking about it, that your team has, when you get a quarterback, the Jets have a five-year window because then you're going to overpay Darnold, and then when you overpay Darnold, you can't pay Lev Bell, and then you have to make concessions. Well, Bell will be gone by then. 
I know right. he got a four-year deal, but gone. You know, or he'll be on the downside of his uh, of his curve. Can he get another contract, though? No, I don't see it. He's 27. He just signed a four-year deal, unless he gets cut after two. But nah. And he's the type of guy too. I mean, he's got a lot of wear and tear. I know he sat out last year, but man, uh, you know, tons of volume, and it's not going to change with the Jets. I actually think Bell. You will look at at Bell. I think Bell will go down as a very mediocre signing, and here's why. I don't think they're ready to make a run yet. I don't. I don't think they're made it ready to make a run with Darnold, and I don't like them this year. Maybe next year, and then after next year, Bell will be have two more years, uh, more tread on that tires. How many more years does he have in front of him? You no, may have a two-year window with Bell. Yeah, and who knows? Like it, maybe it's this year. We don't know. He set out a year. If you right. look at his, if you look at his numbers with the Steelers last time out, he only averaged four yards per carry. He had no big runs. I think I saw a stat that he had three carries of over twenty yards that year. And obviously, he's you know huge in the passing game. That's where he really matters. But he had three hundred twenty-one carries in two thousand seventeen. He averaged four yards per carry. He was at four point nine the two previous years. So we already saw a little bit of a decline in the rushing ability. So, you know, he sat out, uh, allegedly gained some weight, and, you know, he got paid now too. So you always have to wonder, okay, now he's in New York. Is he going to be out partying all the time? Is he yes. going to care? I think there, there, you, those are factors that we, we're not sure about at this point. Is he hanging out? Is he friends with Tommy G and that group? Not that I know of, but uh, next time I go out with Tommy, I'll see if, he's, yeah, uh, if, yeah. if Bell joins us. <laughs> I'm sure Bell and Tommy will have a very good time together. But I do think, I worry, Adam, I think that, you know how when the team sign a guy for four years and you pay like for the extra two years because the guy wants the contract and he wants the length of term? I think Bell's got two years left in them. I think he's done after that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprising. Um, but, you know, again, the Jets can always cut him, if anything. I mean, obviously the 35 mil is guaranteed, but... Uh, we know running backs quickly fade out unless you're Frank Gore. <laughs> and then you live forever. You, yeah, you just keep playing and, you know, it's you, you never stop. All right, Tyrod Taylor goes to the uh, Chargers to be Phillip Rivers' backup. This leaves the Miami Dolphins. I mean, do you stay with Tannehill? Do you bring in Blake Bortles? I mean, what do you do? Yeah, it's a good question there for Miami. Uh, maybe they just bring back Tannehill and give him one more shot. Uh, I really don't know what they're going to do here. I, I don't know, man. And I know it's funny because I put out the old tank for Tua thing. They go, that's too late. The Dolphins have already uh, gone for that uh, slogan. Oh, they have? Yeah. <laughs> they only copied the chant at Hard Rock is what people are saying. But uh, I, I, think that, I think, sadly enough, I think there are going to be a bunch of teams in the NFL doing this exact same concept, which I don't like. I don't think it's good for a league, Adam. Uh, yeah, I mean, it goes on in, in the other sports. We know that. And, uh, you know, especially where quarterback is such a difficult position to fill. Uh, there's a lot of question marks. And we have uh, two guys coming out who look like they're going to be pretty much uh, good NFL pros. So that's why you have a couple teams there that have question marks at the quarterback that are, are going to be in that situation for the upcoming season. I was very impressed with that kid from Clemson. Oh, yeah. He was really good. Ooh, I mean, he was big. I did you see how big he was in that pocket? He was like six foot seven or something like that. It's huge. Yeah, smooth. Uh, un didn't get flustered. Uh, no. Just very impressive uh, throughout the whole year. And Tua, you know how guys like throw a deep ball and you're like, oh, that's going to be picked off. Every time he threw a deep ball, I was like, he's that's a touchdown. 
Yeah, I mean, he did throw a couple picks in the national championship game, but uh, that's just one game. And as a whole, uh, his his performance has been pretty impressive, especially what he did two years ago in the national championship. Yeah, he's a really good player. I, it'd be interesting to watch it. Any any things that you're expecting over the next 24 hours, or do you think you're just going to get dribs and drabs now that these big signings are done? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, right, a lot of the big names are gone. I, mean, I guess Tevin Coleman is still out there. Not that he's a big name, but I guess to see where he goes is interesting. And there were never big wide receivers to begin with. It was not a great – it wasn't a great free agent market. It's just we had two top five receivers get traded. Where do you think um, Coleman will end up? Oh, man. Who – I don't know. I, I think a lot of people thought the Jets were a possibility. I know. That's why I'm saying that. I think the Jets were a good possibility. I, he's, that's not happening anymore. He's got yeah. some skill. I don't know. I wasn't very um, impressed with him last year. I thought people overdrafted him. I couldn't believe he, he was went in the sixth round of every draft. I couldn't believe it. I, and and then I was like, oh great! Now everyone's getting a break because Freeman got hurt. He he. I didn't think he was very good. He had a chance to seize that, and he didn't. He had a chance to be a star, and he wasn't that good. He was getting me like ten to twelve points in fantasy every week. Yeah, he cost himself. Yeah, he really did. All right, who's coming up in hour number two? Uh, we've got Bill Enright from FF Champs. We'll talk some free agency NFL with him. All right. All right, guys, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Keep it right here for hour number two with Adam Ronas. Bill Enright joining him. All right, guys, talking more fantasy football and fantasy baseball when we return right after this.